Welcome to the Purple Rock Survivor Podcast. I am John, a.k.a. Johnny Hot Takes, Johnny Accounting, the Mayor of Trash Town, the Jeff Flake of Booty Shake, and my co-host is Matt this week. Welcome to the Purple Rock Podcast. Wait, no, I'm not hosting this week. Excuse what what me. am I doing? Excuse Wait, me. No. There is but one host of this podcast. I, I disagree. I think I think the people demand the dueling host this week. Well, I should clarify there is one good host of this podcast. Oh. Well, if it's not either of us, then who is it? Well, it's certainly not Andy. <laughs> That's damn um, straight. <laughs> <laughs> at least we can all agree on that. Uh, so, welcome back. We're talking episode three of Survivor, David versus Goliath. Well, first of all... What was your opinion on this one? I, I haven't gotten to talk to you yet about this season, at least publicly, that anyone knows of. <laughs> right, yes. Uh, we, we have hidden away our uh, dueling opinions of each other. No, I like this episode a lot. I like this season a lot so far. I think it's a very promising season. Um, but good seasons are not made by the pre-merge, as uh, game changers will tell us. Good seasons are made by the post-merge. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, very true. Um, I do agree with you that this was pretty good. I'll say, though, despite being pretty good, the worst of the three so far, I think. I Yeah, I can get on board with that. I mean, there was there were some definite highlights, but yeah, I think this was probably the worst of the three so far. I think it's also the person I least wanted to see leave so far. So Yeah, uh, the, not the highest of bars, but <laughs> there there was one bright shining star of this episode and like i think we should talk about her first and that that bright shining star is of course natalie queen natalie as she's known uh, how much are you loving natalie at this point uh she is a ton of fun she's the kind of personality that i feel like we've you know lost in some recent seasons because they've sanded down their edges we've had too many people that actually know how to play the game enough so that they don't want to piss people off that ain't natalie though yeah i i kind of uh enjoy that your assessment that she's tons of fun because she's tons of fun to watch by being the exact opposite of tons of fun <laughs> oh yeah don't get me wrong natalie in real life would be awful well and and that's what the the fun of this season so far has been it's not just Natalie we'll get to the other person later but it's it's funny that you know real life Natalies are just awful to be around the mm -hmm. people that refuse to accept criticism or differing opinions or just grating personalities and really headstrong that's generally very annoying in real life but on TV when I don't personally have to interact with this person it's great to watch I'm actually surprised there aren't more super headstrong people on the Goliath tribe. Um, you know, I kind of thought that, you know, steering into the themes, you know, that they would be doing, they'd be just, you know, choosing a lot of alpha people who had to get their way. But like, you know, for instance, like John on that tribe is actually pretty laid back um, or accepting that he's not, you know, that he doesn't always have to be the alpha. Perhaps it's almost as though you could say they sort of shoehorned a theme onto this season. But when have they ever done that, John? I, there's a first time for everything. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, I, I do want you to realize this is the show that brought uh, the attention of the world to the term no collar. And I think, you know, it, it does a vital service like that by bringing our attention to these people that we would otherwise not know about. 
Yeah, these these crucial issues of uh, no collar lifestyles and millennials versus Gen X, you know, the the battle that's always staged in real life that got to play out in Survivor. Yeah, even though I think some of the Gen X people were technically millennials, but you sure. Know. <laughs> hey, let, let's not get too into the details here. At least that one, that one kind of tried. Like there was a clear it did. dividing line. It was <laughs> I mean, no, it absolutely was. But anyway, let's let's get back to Queen Natalie because she deserves our focus. Yes, um, I, one of my favorite moments was her <laughs> sticking to her claim that she's great at puzzles by just like. Sort of implying that it was the puzzle's fault that she lost. I mean, it wasn't direct, but there was this undercurrent of like, no, I'm actually, I am great at puzzles. You see, it was more about this puzzle not showing me the answer. So I kind of blame it on the puzzle. Right. No, I mean, I, and I think that's a fair criticism she had. You know, it's hard to be great at puzzles and to show your greatness if the puzzle's not cooperating. Like, where does the puzzle get off like that? I similarly have the same problem with basketball. I am great at basketball. And for some reason, the rims never allow my shots to go in. And oh. it's it's pretty rude, to be honest. Yeah, you get those away court rims is what, is what you're saying. Yeah, I, they, they just, I don't know. I, I guess, I don't know. I shouldn't totally blame the rims. It might also be the ball's fault. I, I don't right. know where to point the finger, but it's definitely not at me. Right, yeah, no, you're great at basketball. So. Exactly. <laughs> no, I mean, I also, I mean, like, it's just Natalie's just perverse inability to accept uh, criticism and then turn it around later and say, if you had a problem, you should have just told me. Why aren't you telling me all these things, you know, before, you know, is just, it's it's beautiful. Like, it's just, uh, I love the way she kind of turned it around on Jeremy uh, you know, when he really did seem like he had gone out of his way to try to help her last episode. Yeah. Um, I, I do think Jeremy approached her incorrectly last episode, but at the mm-hmm. same time, it was his intent to try yes. to help her. Yeah. And I guess that's, you know, like Natalie doesn't see the intent. She just sees how she wants to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a fair description I, I mean, of her. Again, this is why. Real life Natalie's are terrible to deal with. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I, I do enjoy though that the, you know, the lack of self awareness. It, there was some question last season as to whether Chris Noble was in on the Chris Noble joke. I don't think there is the same question about whether Natalie is in on the joke. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I this still. It's th- just Natalie. I still think the defining Natalie moment is the episode, is the, conversation last episode when jeremy was like everyone hates you and she's like no they don't and he's like no they told me they do and she's like you're wrong though it's just (laughs) (laughs) actually they're wrong i'm right yeah you know they don't hate me you know everyone gets along with me well no you may get along with them but (laughs) right this is a two-way street and only one way is being utilized at the moment Mm -hmm. um the other, of course, great moment was Natalie's send off of Jeremy. And at that point, I oh, even that tweeted, was, yeah. like, it had to be that Natalie was the one sticking around because you can't deliver that line and then have Natalie go home because it would just been devastating. Like, what a, what a send off to him. No, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I, I think it was obvious that he was going home from like how he got a lot of that kind of focus this episode. And also as people were voting, they all kind of looked guilty and sorry about it 
And they definitely would not have looked that way if it was Natalie going home. Yes. They would have been like, all right, we're doing this. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, the next three days of camp are going to be so much nicer. I get to sleep in tomorrow. <laughs> so we should talk about the guy that actually did go home, Jeremy. Um, do you feel like he was just overplaying? He actually came out with his own reasoning for his boot that uh, was in the exit interviews. Yeah, and uh, I assume you also saw the clapback that, uh, that, that, that answered that. I have indeed. So let's explain for those that don't read exit interviews. Right. So in exit interviews, Jeremy said that um, Angelina and John, not you, John, but show John, um, had a bit of a showmance and that she told everyone that they couldn't mention it on camera because she had just gotten married and she didn't want it to be like a thing with her and her new husband. And that then he made a joke about it. And that's when she decided that Jeremy has to go, which like if that did happen, you know, that reaction from her, I could totally see that happening, but it probably didn't happen. It's a way for him to kind of smooth over the fact that he went out really early. And so uh, my, my initial reaction, of course, is to just be like, Andy and I, at least are always in agreement on this fact that exit interviews cannot be trusted because people love to paint the most glowing pictures mm-hmm. as that, that of themselves as they possibly can. Yep. And it was odd that Jeremy chose this particular route. Right, because the way people usually massage the exit interview is they, like, exaggerate about something that did happen, and they're like, oh, this one thing you saw, you know, was actually, like, the tail end of many things, and that's why I lost my cool, because they were, like, always doing this. Or, like, they were never working around camp as you, you know, and so, like, that's why, like, that happened. But this was just, like, whole cloth fabrication, which is a little different than what you normally see. Yeah, I mean, I think generally they lean towards the plausible of, like, oh, this, these events were left out and, you know, this explains it. And, you know, whether or not they actually happened, um, it's it's always at least tilted in a way that makes it like, oh, well, you know, so-and-so person that got booted wasn't so bad. Right. Hey, everybody makes mistakes. Right. Yeah, I I don't know that I I loved his reasoning for this. Um, She adamantly denied it in a follow-up with Josh Wiggler. Yeah. Kind of on her side on this one. It just, and it also seemed weird and petty. Like, it seems very petty. It happens. Yeah. Just let it go, man. Yeah. It's fine. It's a game show. You lost. Who cares? Yeah. I I think, yeah. I mean, I agree. It's, it did seem very weird and petty, but, you know, my assessment of it was that story was either a hundred percent true or a hundred percent bullshit. And there was (laughs) nothing in between. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I did enjoy the, uh, opportunity that jeremy gave for us to say that allison wanted to become the mayor of smashtown if you know what i'm saying oh mm, uh, wait you mean angelina or yeah that one <laughs> whoever it was <laughs> look they're all kind of the same uh it's hard to tell some of them apart um out Al- but allison is different as i learned this week sure angelina then <laughs> yeah but but no i mean so, so Going back to why he got booted and not his reasons why, but like what the show showed us. Um, yeah, I think he overplayed it. I think he went out of his way to try to get Natalie out and went out of his way to pick fights with her to show 
that she was a ridiculous person when if you don't need to do that if Natalie's on the block. She's going to dig her own holes. You know, you don't need to dig it for her. If it's not you that early on, generally, you probably don't want to rock the boat. Um, right. Especially if you have some alliances you can still play on later. He, she was not really his ally anyway. No. No. So it's not a huge loss to let her go. So yeah, it was, it was rough. Jeremy did give us though a classic line of his own, which was, I thought you watched Survivor, but now I see you've never seen Survivor, which is now going to be my go-to argument when anybody tries to tell me that San Juan del Sur was a good season. I mean, that sounds like a good go-to argument for that, you know? I- uh, it's great. I need someone to make the GIF and send it to me so that I can just tweet that back to anybody that comes yeah. at me with praise for that season. Do it right now, people. You know his Twitter. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, the thing is this. I actually really enjoy Jeremy. I think, um, we were talking about Natalie and Natalie is a ton of fun. Now I could see her getting old. I think the type of entertaining player that Jeremy is would have stayed entertaining if he stuck around for a very long time. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I enjoyed Jeremy. I was disappointed that he was going home, but given the two options, I was like, you know what? Natalie's still got something left for us in the tank and there's higher upside here. I want her to stick around for a little bit longer. Fair enough. Um, You don't know. We're getting a swap next week. We get to see Natalie interact with more human beings. There's there's more potential for (laughs) entertainment here. You know, I I will say I do have to see Natalie interact with with some Davids. That's uh, that's very necessary. I I there's a lot of ways it can go. And I'm excited for almost all all the possibilities. Yeah, there's I think the only possibility that's not exciting is like Natalie meets the Davids and suddenly isn't Natalie. And that ain't going to happen. No, 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 exactly. That's the one thing you can take to the bank is Natalie is still going to be Natalie <laughs> no matter who she's paired with. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Like what happens in a world where just the, the Davids fall in line and are like, yeah, Natalie's a great leader. <laughs> just, <laughs> just totally <laughs> throw us off. Like, whoa, this was the outcome I was never expecting. I mean, maybe she just needs a bunch of Davids to boss around. Maybe that's what it is. I guess we'll we'll find out next week. But yep. before we even get to the Davis tribe, we should talk about the women's alliance, the interchangeable women's alliance, at least <laughs> from my perspective, um, that might have actually materialized on the Goliath yeah. tribe. We were promised a women's alliance. It, they voted together. They seem to have gotten their pawns, quote unquote, to vote with them. Do you, do you think this is a real thing? Do we have an actual women's alliance here? I think that three or four of them are definitely together, um, you know, or at least like pretty tight together. I mean, it definitely seemed like the vote was driven by either Angelina or Natalia. And I say either because they were talking to each other. And as of yet, I don't know which one is which. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I know one of them was saying Natalie and the other was saying Jeremy and then it was Jeremy and the, and those are the two strategy voices we're having. I mean the I mean I would say the only other person we've heard um who's been strategic on the tribe is John. Uh and it didn't seem like John ever threw out Jeremy's name. Right. I actually kind of thought John might have been on board with Jeremy. Um 
don't really know why. I don't even remember if we'd ever seen a scene of them working together. It was clear that Mike at least had some kind of relationship with Jeremy. Yeah. But I might have been inventing a relationship between John and Jeremy out of whole cloth. Who knows? It's going around this week, apparently. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I think part of it was that me and you, at least before this episode, thought that the boot, if it was the Goliaths, would not be Natalie. Right. So I think we were looking for ways that could happen. And we thought that it might be an alliance centered around Jeremy that would find another target rather than just the target moving to Jeremy. So maybe we thought that John might be on board with Jeremy for those reasons. Right. Uh, should note, we are not good at predictions. Keep that in mind later in this episode. <laughs> Speak for yourself. I got, I got, I got Jessica right. That's, that's not bad. I mean, you're going to have the same long odds coming up this episode because we don't yeah. know how the tribes are going to end up. Um, over on that other side, though, we should finally switch over to the David's tribe. Sure. Because we saw some stuff about them, even though they happened to win a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, we have the both both our states allowed slavery alliance. Right. Also known occasionally as the Mason-Dixon alliance. I, I happen to think mine is the better term for it, but, you know, to each their own. Also known as the nickname for the second worst Rocky villain. Exactly. I'm sure that's what the actual homage is and not the, uh, the, oh, the yeah. real Mason Dixon compromise. They're um, big fans of Rocky Balboa. Uh, who isn't though? Right. So the reason I mentioned them is that we saw them getting credit for last week's boot. And did you feel like that was deserved? I mean, they were the swing votes on the boot, but they certainly did not put that alliance together or pick the target. So, no, but yeah. also partly yes. I, I mean, I get it. That, that's essentially what I came down with. It's They were crucial to the vote, but they didn't call that shot. They right. went along with the plan of others. Um, and now are acting as though they are in control? Um, well, because I think the thing is that had they not gone along with the plan, it would have been someone else. So, you know, but but there's, I think there's a difference between being the deciding vote and putting the vote to get and putting the votes together. And um, people who put the votes together were Elizabeth and Lyrsa. Yeah, and we saw them last week. Elizabeth warning Lyrsa that the votes were coming her way. And then the two of them started to scramble to push the votes on to Jessica. We saw Gabby convince Christian and presumably Christian convinced Nick. And then the votes were cast. Yeah. It's just, it's strange now to, to to see that sort of characterized as Christian and Nick's move. I, I feel that if the Davids had gone to tribal council, we might have had more nuance there. Because if the Davids had gone to tribal council, we would have spent more time with them and they would have had to set up the next votes and they would have had to set up what the real fallout from this vote and not just like the hypothetical fallout that they gave us as, you know, the, uh, the red herring here. Um, but, uh, but since they didn't, they just wanted to kind of keep Nick and Christian, you know, at the fore of our thoughts because I think those two are going to go pretty far this season. So. Yeah, if you're the edgic crowd, you're probably seeing that same sort of writing on the wall that the reason that we're giving them the credit is because eh, they're going to be larger characters than yep. the others involved. Um, which is disappointing to me only because I've 
enjoyed what bits I've got of Elizabeth and Lyrsa so far. I, oh, I like that dynamic. Yep. It's weird and unconventional. And, you know, this many seasons into a show, it's cool that that can still happen. That I'm something, I'm, I'm intrigued by something that feels new. Right. Whereas I think Nick and Christian don't feel that new. They feel pretty familiar in a lot of ways. Um, right. You know, so it's, it, it, it's a little less interesting to me. Also, there's just something about Nick that just rubs me the wrong way. Same. Um, um also he, I mean, we know this is not a unique or interesting alliance because Nick himself referenced that it happened in token teens. And now we've got like the bargain basement version of Steven and JT in Christian and Nick. Nick is like very far from JT though. I mean, like, exactly. come on now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know who should be more offended with that comparison really Steven or JT. It's uh it, that's a tough one. So yeah, I mean th- that uh that credit seemed a little misplaced for sure. I mean, if anything, I thought it seemed like Gabby really did the work to pull Christian and Nick in. So it seemed like she should have been the one getting the credit. I mean, uh, clearly Elizabeth and Lyrsa managed to get Gabby on their side and want to move the target, but you know, they're scrambling. Or, so, or, or, or maybe the credit should just go to like the five people who voted the person out because it took all of them to do it. Like, I don't, you know, like, I don't know if we need to assign credit to any one person like the show thinks it does, except for the fact the show wants us to care about certain people more. And so that's why they have to assign credit. Listen, this is the podcast wherein we decide who gets credit and or blame and we okay. take no counter opinions. Well then how about this for uh credit? Um I think the mayor of Slamtown was really the architect of uh last week's vote. Oh, um we we got some Gabby and Christian waxing philosophical about the uh inner workings of Slamtown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think it's do you think the mayor is an elected position? Is it, is, is it appointed by, uh, you, you know, by a council? Is it inherited title? Uh, right. what was his father the mayor of Slamtown? Oh, I like the, uh, the aristocratic angle that it yeah. might actually be a, a landed gentry <laughs> position. <laughs> <laughs> the mayor of Slamtown sounds so like noble now. Right. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I think the thing I like the most about Gabby and Christian talking about Slamtown and the inner workings is that it's pretty clear that John talks a lot about Slamtown during challenges because when else would they see him? And he must just be talking all kinds of trash. And as he's talking trash, he must be talking about himself as the mayor of Slamtown. God, I hope so. And more importantly, if that's happening, why aren't we seeing that? Yeah, that's the very least. Give us that as the secret scene. I will like inhale that. <laughs> Fantastic. Or maybe he just has like a jacket that's like Mayor of Slamtown. <laughs> oh God, that's even better. I, I am, I am down for all things Johnny Mundo. Like, it's fantastic. One more of it. I, I, I want him. You know how Penner talked back to probes in the challenges? Yeah. I, I want him talking back like Mayor of Slamtown's going to take this challenge down. Yeah, we, we, we need some like macho man, you know, like, uh, self mythologizing as he's doing the challenges, mm. you know? It'd be 
I, I'm here for it. That's yeah. all I'm saying. It's like, if it's happening and they're not showing us that, that's just really criminal on their part. They should be ashamed. I agree. I agree. Um, so let's hope we see it in the future then. Well, let's do a quick digression here because Johnny Mundo is obviously a favorite of mine. Um, I, for a guy that does over the top really well, I, I mean, you mentioned this earlier. He's actually very good at being laid back and, you know, just stepping out of the limelight. Um, it, it's fascinating to watch just because every confessional he gives feels so authentic. And I think it's because he doesn't have to play the character. <laughs> he can turn it on and off and he can just be like, eh, I'm on TV. I get the exposure. I, I have, I've worked up audiences enough. This is all old hat to me. It's not as thrilling. I'm just going to tell you what I'm actually thinking. And it's fascinating. I love it. Every I- second of it. You know, I'm actually not surprised he's able to do that because I think, you know, if you're in a line of work like he is, you're used to kind of turning the character on and, you know, you know, like, you know, it's it's time to play the character. You don't think of it as yourself. You think of it as like, this is me going to work. And so then, you know, you can also, by proxy, turn that off as well. So the fact that, like, he is able to kind of, relax and take a step back and not be the character so easily i feel like is just the other side of you know what he does every day yeah i mean i i kind of like your theory that at challenges he turns on the george bushy of tushy switch and then it's like he flips it off after the challenge when it's time for confessionals or sitting around camp and it's just like all right i can can turn the character off take it down a notch i I like it. I, it's yeah. so fun to watch. And, you, you know, it, it, it'll be fun to see if after the swap, if, um, the Davids are like, wow, John's actually like a really cool guy. You know, I thought he'd be a big a-hole after all those challenges. And when he's talking about Slamtown and he's talking about taking me to Slamtown, you know, but he's a cool guy. Maybe I yeah. can go to Slamtown now. And, and not only that, like I, <laughs> not only this, I don't really need him to be a competent player because I'm down for just entertaining players not being competent. Right. But he seems like he he's got some competence. Like he, he oh, I it think was funny so. that he he hung a lantern on the fact that you know interacting with humans authentically is maybe not his his usual stick. But right. he, he seems to be picking it up fairly well, and I I think. <laughs> from what little we've seen, I don't think that there's any like animosity towards him. I think he's generally no. accepted by people. I, I I think he's actually, you know, if the, if the girls are running that tribe, I think he's the guy that's most in with them. You don't think it's Dan at this point? No, because I think the other girls would see Dan as a threat because of how close he is to Kara. Oh, it's a good point. Um, and, 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 and I don't think Kara is the one calling the shots in that tribe. I think it's, <laughs> it's the two brunettes. So. Yeah, the interchangeable brunettes. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I can see that. I think, as we were talking about, he can be laid back. That's fine for now. I, I think that's probably what would draw them to him mm-hmm. as an ally. It's like, oh, you know what? For a guy that's all about, like, turning it on and bragging, he can also just let us call the shots. And that's cool to have in an ally. Yeah. Hey, we should, um, one quick thing I wanted to hit on, um, with the, uh, David's tribe before we move on. Okay. We did see 
just a little bit of what I'm going to call Chekhov's knee. (laughs) 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 We saw B get injured. She hurt her knee. She later said it's her MCL. You know, people get injured on this show all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, It's rarely given too much attention. Do you think there's a reason we got that scene? Like, this is going to come back? I mean, probably. I... I actually do think there's a reason, uh, it's going to, uh, yeah, I think, because yeah, I think it will come back. I don't, I, you know, it might, it might be the reason why she goes home next week because suddenly she can't pull her weight in challenges and, um, you know, people are like, oh, well, we got to win the challenges, you know, and B's, uh, hobbling around here on her MCL and, you know, I mean, that would stink for her, but I could see that happening. I could also yeah. see, you know, maybe something like, um, what happened in your favorite season, San Juan del Sur, and Missy had, like, basically a cast on her leg, like, towards the end, didn't she? Um, I thought you watched Survivor, but now I see you've never seen Survivor. Oh, yeah. See, it works pretty well. It does. Except I think I was right that time, so. You might be right. Yeah. But still. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's possible because with the specific injury it is, I don't really see that you would need to give her an evac. I mean, we've also seen James have the same sort of thing where he was hobbling around in Heroes vs. Villains. So it's possible to be left in the game with those sort of injuries. And wow, I don't know why I just thought of this, but Boo, back in Fiji, same sort of thing, hurt his leg and just kept going. Yeah, I mean, but but I think it's the thing, most of the people who hurt their legs like that or their knees like that are usually already past the merge where people don't kind of care about how strong you are. And if anything, the fact that you're hobbling around is like an asset because it's like, well, they're not going to win. So why not go for this person instead? That is a good point. Yeah. Because if suddenly B has one leg and it's the post merge and you've got to worry about individual immunity, you're like, yeah, no, you you can stick around. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. I can get you out literally anytime. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, so I think, you know, not to get all edgy. I think that's got to play a role. Um, and I'm with you. I, I, I think it's going to play a role in her getting booted, which feels like it's probably coming soon. Like they're laying the groundwork for that to happen soon. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, it might be happening this coming week. Well, we've got a swap next week. Yeah. Do you want to do, you want to do some, uh, talking about the swap? We don't, we don't actually know. At all, how the tribes are going to shake out. It hasn't leaked yet, fortunately. Yeah. Who's going to um, be the new David? Who's going to be the new Goliath? You know, I, I, yeah. I hope they keep the tribe names so that suddenly you just have, like, just this random group of people who are the Davids and just this random group of people who are the Goliaths and it'll be the same thing as when the season began. I would love it just because it would really, like, shine a spotlight on how just forced <laughs> the... Uh, <laughs> The gimmick of the season is. Yep. Like, yeah, it never really mattered anyway. <laughs> it didn't, nope. And we just, we were just too lazy to come up with, with, uh, well, with tribe names. So, uh, yeah, we're going to keep Although, it. Although, having said that, you know, when I think of the Goliath tribe, I, I can picture the Goliaths in my head. They, they branded them fairly well. I mean, you know, it, it's, I will say the, the look of the Goliaths is like, pretty uniform in that they are all pretty athletic except for Mike and Natalie and you know in like the Davids just seem like a little 
schlubbier. Maybe, again, it's like the wardrobe department dressed them that way, but I don't know. Yeah. Uh, is there any, you know, pairings that you're hoping to see stick together? Any storylines you want to see continued after the swap? Any Anything you're just hoping to see after these tribe swaps? What would be interesting to you? Well, uh, we mentioned it a bit earlier, but Natalie with, like, new people, uh, that, that's definitely one. Um, I want to see, I want to see Christian and Nick split up. I want to see what happens to them without each other, since they seem to be talking about each other as if they're their number one. So I kind of want to see what happens if they get split up. Yeah, I specifically, following that same thread, I want Christian and Nick split up, but Christian and Gabby to still be together. I prefer that pairing I over do Christian and Nick. I Yeah, I actually, yeah, I, I think Christian and Gabby are actually kind of interesting together, so. I do too. I mean, I think it's cool. It's got like a, it's not a totally new vibe. I mean, obviously we've seen that sort of thing before, but uh, I don't know. I, I like their chemistry together. And it's, to me, much more interesting than Nick and Christian, which seems a little more forced. Like, it feels more natural with Gabby and Christian. Yeah, and I think it also, like, it lends itself to some kind of, like, funny interpersonal, uh, you know, discussions. Like, you know, about Slamtown. About, right. like, uh, do you want to play with me? And Christian's saying, you mean in the sand? You know, like, I I don't see those type of weird non sequiturs happening between Christian and Nick as much. So, right. Like that, those interactions you mentioned are much more fun to watch than them saying like, Oh, Mason Dixon, let's fist bump it. Like, yeah, exactly. I don't, that's not entertaining to me. Right. No. And and I agree about that. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Natalie too. Like that's obviously one I'm interested in seeing, but for me, I want to make sure that the Natalie and John dynamic sticks around. Like that's another weird pairing that I'm totally into. Yeah. I get a lot of it, but I like that John like has all these confessionals where he's like, actually, I'm going to work with Natalie. Like, yes, please do. <laughs> <laughs> like the two biggest personalities of the season. I want you to work together. Like, yeah. You, you, it can only bring me more entertainment, which is why I watch this show. So, right. Yeah. I hope that group or duo doesn't get broken up. Um, However, as you mentioned, Natalie with anybody is probably going to be somewhat entertaining. Yeah. So, you know, I, at the very least, I hope that John stays on the same tribe with her. They can vote together. They yeah. help keep Natalie and John both around, keep the season more entertaining. Uh, and another one for me, which again, I kind of hinted at earlier is Lisa and Elizabeth. Yeah, I want to keep them together. Yeah, because they're good together. I want to see them together more. Yeah, I, I want... The, we've only gotten little bits of them, so it's, yeah. you know... It, it's more hope and potential at this point than anything we've actually seen. But I like it. It's a cool dynamic. Um yeah. And Lyrsa, I think, showed a little splash of potential there in her uh, episode last week. So... That that's really the three groups for me that I'm I'm interested in. It's like John and Natalie stick together, Lyrsa and Elizabeth, Gabby and Christian. The rest mix it up however you want. I don't care. I'd say the one other thing I want to see is I want to see Mike White find an alliance because I've been liking what I've been seeing from Mike so far. I think he's a good narrator. I think he's an interesting. I, I mean, I think he's interesting. Um, he wrote School of Rock, so obviously I'm a fan. As I keep mentioning. Um, so I kind of, you know, and it doesn't seem like he really has a home on the current Goliath tribe. 
I'd like to see him like actually find an alliance. Yeah, and um that feels like something he could do with some of those Davids, right? Oh, like, yeah. He seems like a pretty natural fit with like Gabby and Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe even like Lyrsa and Elizabeth. I don't yeah. know. I it, it's a little more of a stretch there, but I feel like it could happen. I, I know. I, I think it could. I, I definitely think it could. So yeah, I, I'd like to see what uh, you know, like what Mike could give us if he found a different home. Um, you know, I was just reminded of one thing that we didn't really talk about at the top of the episode, and I just wanted your opinion on this. Um, was getting rid of Jeremy the right move? I I mean, sure. <laughs> yeah. For all the reasons that they actually said on the episode, which is that he's clearly far more charming than Natalie is and thus presents a greater threat if there's a swap. And hey, there's a swap coming. So, sure, it was the right call. But I I guess the one thing is they're like, well, Natalie's more likely to stick with us. But they kind of ran her down at Tribal Council. So, is she? Natalie doesn't seem like the type of person who does, like, what you think she's going to do. Natalie just does what she does. Yeah. I don't think either were likely to stick with them. So That's probably true. I, I mean, I guess maybe you could say Natalie might just out of gratitude for keeping her around. I, I, mean, I don't know what the <laughs> logic would be there. I, I don't, she doesn't strike me as particularly loyal to that crew. Um, yeah. but yeah, I, I go ahead, get rid of Jeremy. Um, certainly doesn't matter from a challenge perspective because again, we're swapping this week. Right. And I guess if you keep Natalie around, it's always easy to turn people's attention to Natalie and be like, come on, like, isn't she awful? And they'd be like, yes, can we please vote her out? So. Right. It's it's almost the Tony strategy of just keeping someone around that everyone will agree on getting <laughs> rid of as a threat or whoever, whatever the case may be. In this yeah. case, maybe not so much threat. Right. As she keeps reminding us. She's the right. first one to say, I am not a threat. <laughs> yep. Uh, hopefully she gets many, many more chances to say that. Uh, let's, let's talk season as a whole, because as I said, you and I have not yet had the chance to podcast about this season. So let's do a quick season check in. What are you digging? What are you hating so far? You actually got to talk about it last week. So it's not like you haven't (laughs) discussed it in a long time, but you know, what, what's changed for you about this season so far? Or since um, last week. Since last week, I don't think anything. I think I, I might actually enjoy Natalie a bit more than I did last week even because I think we got more of her and we saw a bit more of just like, you know, like just her just personality and just the way she, you know, the way like everyone else reacts uh, to her. But everything else I said last week is still true. I still like John, still like Elizabeth and Lyrsa. For me, um, I still see a lot of bright spots in this cast. I, yeah. I think this is the clearly far and away better cast than they've had the past two seasons. It's not even close. Um, well, well, let's hope they actually keep the good people around. And right. And that, that is the risk. But I think the, the difference here is that um, I'm enjoying even the people that we're getting small doses of. I mean, you mentioned Mike. He's yep. one. Lyrsa, Elizabeth, yep. Gabby. Um, I think John and Natalie are basically already stars in my eyes. Uh, I think Christian is good. I don't know about great. Um, he's fine. I enjoy watching him. I, I, I think Kristen's interesting. Oh, the other person I mentioned last week who I'm still enjoying is Davey. I, I like Davey a lot, actually. Yeah, Davey's another one I think that has potential, but we haven't gotten a ton of. Yeah. It, it just feels like, at the very least, there's 
more people that can carry the load of entertainment for this season if some of these people go home. I'm hoping they don't because yes. there is, of course, the doomsday scenario of, you know, this is the crowd that gets mowed down by that women's alliance on the Goliath tribe. Right. And like, and the guys they keep around are the non John guys, you know, they keep around Dan and I think Alec is his name. Alec is the other one. Yeah. So, I mean, if that's a core five that leads through the post merge, it'd be like, Oh no. Yeah. We've taken the wrong path here. Right. But if that, but if those people start going home early, I think we're going to have a really good season. Right, because I think that lifts your more entertaining, creative, unique players to the post-merge. And as you mentioned at the stop, top of the show, the post-merge is what's really going to sell the season for you. You know, yep. you could have a great, fascinating, interesting pre-merge. And as Game Changer showed us, <laughs> that's not enough. It's not, yeah, it's not enough. You, you got to give me something after the merge. So. Uh, so, so yeah, so, I mean, again, I'm liking this season so far, and I like the potential it has. Right, and I think we mentioned the bees injury thing earlier. If that's foreshadowing her exit, that sucks, but, uh, I mean, I'm not devastated to lose B. Like, she's been good. She's, again, Probably like the third or fourth best player if it was heroes, hustlers, and healers. <laughs> she, she she had a really good moment in the premiere when that tribe had like the confessional in their in the shelter, and that was like led by her. But right. I feel like that that's like the one moment she's basically had. Yeah, that would have put her top four <laughs> two seasons ago. So. uh I, again, I, I have some hope in this cast. Even my wife is like, you know, normally I'm not all that interested in the pre-merge because I don't remember people's names. And she's like, but I like this group. I, I feel like I have a good grasp of who people are. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm getting the same feeling is that I'm, yeah. I, I have some rooting interests. I've got some characters that I like, you know, I don't know that strategically there's been much yet, but that's fine. It's the pre-merge. Like, Strategy can start hitting post-merge. Yeah, I don't actually, you know, the more I think about it, the more I think I don't want crazy strategy in, like, the first couple pre-merge episodes. I kind of just want to get rid of the people who I don't think are interesting TV. Um, And, you know, then the strategy can hit later. Like, I'm okay putting off the more interesting strategy. Right. If you go chalk for those first few votes... And those votes are getting rid of players that you're like, ah, eh, they weren't going to add enough to the season anyway. Right. That's the ideal. Yeah, I, I, I think so. So, you know, and look, you can get there some interesting ways for sure. But, you know, I mean, there are times when we see like really interesting, really great strategy from pre-merge episodes. And those are the most interesting episodes of the season. And that right. always feels like a bit of a letdown when that happens. Exactly. Uh, okay. So let's do some predictions. As we mentioned earlier. Maybe you don't want to hang your hat on our predictions. They're not always the most reliable. Matt did happen to call one so far this season. Bravo to you. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I always take the early lead. It's my thing. I'm, you know, I'm just, I nail the early predictions and then I blow it spectacularly in the final. I think I've done it like four seasons in a row on our website. It's, it's a thing now. It's a beautiful trend. It's, 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 it's a trend. We'll just put it that way. Uh, no, I'm going to say B. I, I think I hinted at that earlier. I think the knee, you know, just the team challenge, the knee's going to hold her back. Like, I, I think, uh, I think she'd be an easy, 
um, kind of target is just like, well, like we can't keep her around or we're going to keep losing. And it would be tough to argue the opposite because it would probably be true. Yeah, I mean, she seems the most obvious answer. And unlike when it was Natalie that was the most <laughs> obvious answer, it's not so overplayed that you know it's actually not going to be her. Uh, so, I mean, I, it it is probably her. I think we got yeah. the injury thing because it's coming up next week. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the only way it's, like, not, you know, that it might not be is if she, you know, like, gets pulled before that. Or maybe because, you know what, it's actually odd numbers right now. I think there's 17 left. If they, like, do some sort of exile island type of thing, mm-hmm. then it might not be her. Maybe. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that it's Nick next week. I hope that the Christian and Gabby pairing thing happens and Nick's on an island and gets screwed by that. Um, because yeah. again, I, I just, I want the Gabby and Christian to be the, the Christian based alliance. Ooh, that yes. Doesn't seem like, no, it doesn't seem it. good. Doesn't seem <laughs> new term, new term. <laughs> it's like a, a weird flashback to South Pacific to call it that. Um, yeah, definitely don't want to create those sorts of overtones with that alliance. Um, anyway, yeah. So if, if it's Nick, that'd be great. It just, it feels like the writing is on the wall for B. So I'm going to go with B on this one. Yeah. So, okay, we're in agreement then. Yeah, and that's it. I mean, that's that's kind of what happens when you have a, a relatively straightforward episode. Um, yeah. Certainly entertaining. Bravo to the show. It's doing well so far. A lot of potential. But they just didn't give us a ton to talk about. That is the negative of these chalk votes. It's like, oh, yeah. it's, you know, the unanimous vote. What strategy should they have employed? Well, it was unanimous. <laughs> it was unanimous. There wasn't a lot of wiggle room here. It was... Right. Yeah, this is what you do. Early game, you fall in line, so then you don't have anything to argue about. That's right. So, if you want to see some of our content, you can find it on purplerockpodcast.com. You can, of course, find us tweeting. The show is at purplerockpod. He is at purplerockmat. I am at purplerockjohn. And, hey, why not? At purplerockandy. At purplerockemma. At Purple Rock Brad, at Purple Rock Mark. We're, we are legion in the Purple Rock Podcast universe. We're growing. <laughs> yes. And you may have noticed I mentioned a name in there, Purple Rock Brad, that you've never heard on the podcast. That is about to change. Next week, Andy and Brad are going to be hosting this podcast. You're going to get to hear Brad's opinions for the very first time in audio format. And, uh, you know how to subscribe to the podcast. Anything else, Matt? No, I think you covered it. You know, uh, you know, I, I gotta say, you're a very efficient host. As someone who has hosted recently, I admire the efficiency. I aim only to get in and out quickly. It's my strategy in, in all life. sorts of. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's where we should end it. <laughs> it was so obvious where I was going with that that I'm just not even gonna finish it. Nope. <laughs> all right, let's hit some theme music. And the boy wants something that mommy-